We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, returned from a few days away. Chad Jensen with me, my fellow football priest and partner in crime. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, dude, I've missed your musk. How are you? What's going on, dude? At least someone missed my must chat. I it's I love potting with Scott, but this is obviously our podcast, and uh, the people have wanted us to link back up to talk about the Broncos Week Ten Monday Night game coming out of their bye week. We have plenty to go over tonight. Can't wait to get into it. Oh yes, indeed. But it's it's for real, man. Like when I'm away, when I miss more than one, like it's one thing, Zach. We don't usually miss much time on our shows. You you or I. Uh, and when we do, it's usually like one, right? One of us might miss yeah. one. Uh, when it's two, three, I really do start getting withdrawals. Like I, I miss you guys. I miss talking with you. So it's a, uh, you know, it's a pickle, but I'm just glad to be back. And I'm stoked. Kevin, what's up? David McElrath. We got Dylan moderating on YouTube. Kevin, good to see you guys. Uh, we're, we have a lot to get to tonight. We're going to break down some of the storylines relative to today's news on the Broncos-Bills matchup, what Von Miller had to say, what DeMarcus Ware had to say about Von Miller and the potential for a revenge game, all that stuff. Plus, Zach, the time has come with me being away. We got to do the jersey giveaway for the superstars for the month of October, so we're going to get to that tonight as well. Uh, but first thing is first, Zach. What are your thoughts on Von Miller claiming? I'm I'm not going to read the exact quote, but I'll paraphrase here saying, hey, I have no ill will towards the Broncos. I loved my time there. We won a Super Bowl, went to two Super Bowls, you know, uh, no bad blood. This isn't a revenge game, etc. My first question to you is, do you buy it? A hundred percent. Yeah. Von's a Bronco through and through, kind of like Peyton Manning is, you know, after winning a Super Bowl, he's all Broncos country. And I truly believe that's where his loyalty exists. But what he didn't say, he talked about the success they had, but the Broncos did right by Vaughn. They traded him at the right time to a contender to allow him to play on a non-losing franchise. Unlike the Broncos, he got another ring. Then he got a massive contract in free agency. So uh, it was a, the time had come. We talked about this. Scott and I did it the other night on the pod. 
the, it's better to get rid of a player a year too early than a year too late. And from what I've seen this year, Vaughn, it could be the recovery from his knee injury. I don't know. He doesn't look, look like the same Vaughn Miller, but in terms of his feelings toward the Broncos, I think he is being sincere and heartfelt. I do too. I do too for the most part, but when you got traded, you got dealt away, there is the breakup factor. I don't think, Zach, that it's a matter of if there is any like lingering emotional issue here for Vaughn relative to, you know, not so, I, I won't say it because he, he said there's no bad blood or revenge, but just kind of that feeling of unfinished business. It's with George Payton, not with anybody he's going to see out on the grass, uh, not with any of the coaches. I mean, this is an entirely actually the third coaching staff from him, from the, from the guy that was there that presided over his trade, Vic Fangio. So I don't know. Um, DeMarcus Ware, he says that Vaughn's head is going to be in the cloud, so to speak, that he's going to be kind of overwhelmed with a lot of emotions and combined with, you know, not exactly having his game legs underneath him quite yet since he's returned. In terms of the production you expect to see from Vaughn, maybe that beast mode, Vaughn, that Broncos fans got to know and love for all those years, maybe that's a thing of the past, or at the very least, Zach, not going to see him on Monday night. Well, I can't claim to know more about Vaughn than DeMarcus Ware does, so we'll have to take his word for it. I do feel like if emotions were going to be an issue, it would be a bigger factor if the game was in Denver, Chad, and not in Buffalo. It's easier to not come back to mile high and not relive those memories. But regardless, he has a job to do. He, he's helping the Buffalo defense, helping the Bills win football games, and for at least one week, the Broncos are the enemy. Uh it's going to be fun to see how this game shakes out. It really does kind of suck, though, Zach, that you go, you know, the bye week's the bye week. Then you got to go that extra little distance of waiting, and you're literally the last game on the schedule for the week on Monday Night Football. But, hey, David McElrath, the Papa Bear, so good to see you, big dog. Hope you're doing well. He says good evening to everybody. He's uh, back on the optimism uh, horse here, Zach. He's got hashtag 11-6 and six. Buckham. Times three, MHH for life, Durham Bronx for life. I love it, dude. I love it. Let's see. How would that – so they'd have to win. They'd have to win. They could only lose one more game to to come true for David McElrath's prediction here. Zach, what do you think of the, the, the odds of that? We talked about this as well on Monday, Scott and I. It's – this is a make or break game for the Broncos season. I'll repeat this to you, Chad. If they lose this game, I think we all go back to talking about the draft and quarterbacks of the future and looking toward 2024. The Broncos would be three and six, and you're not going to come back from that. If they win this game, though, They'll be four and five, having taken down two of the AFC superpowers in consecutive weeks or games for that matter. And that could be the case where the Bills are the toughest remaining opponent left on Denver's docket. So if they get past them, who's to say they can't finish 11 and six, like David's saying? This is true. This is true. Guys, lots more to get to, uh, including multiple super chats. We're going to do the raffle tonight for the jersey. But first, we got to remind you, all right, now that it's a Broncos football week, once again, to make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. It's a big part of what we do at Casa Jensen on uh, game day. And frankly, often, maybe more often than my wife would like to admit on weeknights when, you know, everybody's been busy, you're at practice with the kids, you're doing this. Oh, and we still got to have dinner. Let's pick it up, Little Caesars. But it's a big part of football for us as well. Game days, Sundays, Mondays, whatever day that might be. 
Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. You choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Zach, either way, you win. You mentioned just picking up a pizza for dinner, making it simple. Well, the game on Monday against the Bills will be at around 6.30 Mountain Time. Perfect. If you're coming home from work, school, whatever, grab a Little Caesars pizza, grab some breadsticks. It can be a, a, a pan crust. It can be a thin crust, stuffed crust. You're going to win either way, just like the Broncos might. But speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love it. I love it. It's part of the MHH zeitgeist. Dylan says, uh, I'm fantastic. Just waiting for the pizza to get here. Michaela's like Little Caesars on point. Sam Bam, what's good, brother? Thank you for the super chat. It's so good to see you. He says, hey, guys, I think the Broncos can pull off the win Monday night if Russ can have some big plays and they put pressure on Josh Allen and make the Bills one-dimensional. A big test for sure. Go Broncos. I mean, yeah, it's the whole ifs and buts, candy and nuts thing. I agree. Like when you're previewing a football game and how can they win, you have to get into the ifs and buts and all that stuff. There's all the exceptions and things that could factor in your benefit or go wrong. But Zach, it really boils down to this. The model that they put on display, as imperfect as it was against the Chiefs uh, in week eight, if you can even come close to duplicating that, here we go back into the ifs and buts and candy and nuts, but that's a winning model. You can take down any opponent in the NFL if you convert like that in the red zone, play that kind of defense, and take the ball away five times and don't have any big <clears throat> mishaps on special teams. So going to be really curious to see how they, uh, how they follow up that big emotional win right over the Chiefs in Buffalo. Yeah, we got Zeus McPeak chiming in, 1999 Super. So good to see you, Stu. Hope you and yours are doing well this evening. He's kind of, you know, dovetailing what we were talking about. He says, hi, all. What's everyone's thoughts about the Bills game? Can defense continue to perform like the last two games? Stu, if I had a crystal ball, I would 100% tell you the answer. But kind of what Chad was saying is my opinion as well. You have to replicate the effort that you put in against Kansas City. And not just one thing or another, but be a complimentary team, a disciplined team. And you're right, Chad, they were far from perfect. It wasn't an A-plus effort, but it was an A effort. And they're going to have to bring that in Buffalo, hostile place. Uh, the Bills are coming off a pretty brutal loss. They're going to be inspired to win, pretty pissed off as well. You have to – it starts on offense for me, this game. Obviously the defense, but – 
you got to sustain drives, long drives, keep Allen on the sideline and put up touchdowns and not field goals. Easier said than done, but the Broncos have proven they've already done it once. Yeah, I mean, offensively, I think the model is what it is. You know, Sean Payton said uh, this week that, you know, they're still kind of figuring out exactly, <clears throat> you know, what kind of offense they're going to be because they're still even this deep into the season kind of getting accustomed to and comfortable with the personnel. But I think it's pretty clear moving forward, Zach, like this is this what success the Broncos have had offensively and in the standings. Those are the games in which they've, uh, you know, imposed their will on the ground. That's not going to change. As long as you make the most of third down red zone and start making opponents pay when they start loading the box, right? Because if that's the way it's going to be, that's what teams will do. They'll keep loading the box. They'll crowd the line of scrimmage. And you, you put a few over the over the top and take the, the top off the defense, loosens everything up. It's symbiotic. So, I'm curious too, <clears throat> not to be too long-winded here, Zach, but you know the Broncos' defense is on a roll, and I was writing about it today. Sean Payton's comments, uh, you know, a couple of days back on why the Broncos have improved as dramatically as they have defensively. Uh, it's exciting. I love it. It's a key to success. But I be lying, Zach, if I were to say I am confident that this is the new status quo. Yeah. After how bad it was to open the season, I still want to see a couple more games like what we've seen recently before I fully buy into, okay, Vance Joseph figured this out. Sean Payton was 100% correct to uh, you know, not take the politically expedient path and fire him. A big win in Buffalo, maybe that would be enough for me. Yeah, this is the billion-dollar question that I have. Is the Broncos' defense for real? Have they turned a corner, or were the last two games, specifically the last game, an outlier? We'll know on Monday night, and um, you have to come correct against Josh Allen. They don't have much of a ground game with um, with uh, James Cook, but they do have a, a dynamic passing attack with Stephon Diggs, Khalil Shakir, Gabe Davis, um, the tight end Kincaid. They have to maintain their gap responsibilities. They have to know their assignments. They can't beat themselves. They bring that intensity and also that swagger. One thing I pointed out in the gut reaction after the Kansas City game, the Broncos defenders were jawing with Mahomes from the opening whistle, and that's the tone that you have to set. You can't come in passive. You can't come in weak. You have to come in assertive and alpha and say, listen, we're not going to go off this field easy. Indeed. I love it. We got Mike jumping in and look, it, the moniker has even taken hold for Mike. He is the Ronk. The Ronk is officially and most definitely in the house. Uh, love seeing it. Thank you for the support, Mike. As always, hashtag Ronk. We got Michaela Israel jumping in. <clears throat> Pardon me with her little guy. This is Cooper, her son, saying, hope y'all doing good, doing really, really well. Can't complain one iota hope you're doing well and hope you're getting bringing home those grades all right for mom hope you're holding up your end of the bargain on that cooper colby what's going on big dog the triple c been a minute since i've been able to say that hope you're doing well thank you for the support colby thank you colby scott uh we got george jumping in and then maybe after we grab michaela we do the raffle sound good uh George Fox, good to see you, big dog. He says, I want to thank your team of guys for, for Broncos country as this is the best pod on our team when we win or lose. Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Very kind of you to say, my friend. Thank you. And I know all the guys uh, appreciate the kind words as well. We do work really hard to, to keep it rolling for you. And as long as you guys keep showing up, we're going to keep showing up. So thank you, George. Michaela, 
The wow. Duchess from the top Thank rope. You, Love you so much. I've missed you. She says, I wish I could will the Broncos to a win. Feels nerve-wracking, waiting, and being scared that they'll lose. Dear football gods, make it happen. Hike. Yes, indeed. Um, that would be kind of a long audible at the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, before you said hike, but I still I love it. Make it so. Hike is like another way of saying amen or so be it, right, to the football gods. Yeah, make hike great again, Michaela, for sure. <laughs> and I don't think we need to pray. I mean, we're talking about the Bills. Some of us are like they're – undefeated like they're invincible like they're an historically good franchise i mean they're five and four i yeah. believe they're out of the playoff picture if the season ends today or the seventh seed at, at best so they're definitely fallible and they proved that last week if the broncos can play anywhere near like what cincinnati did against them you'll have more of them a fighting chance michaela most definitely michaela love you we got to figure out though how to square up on the jersey thing because we're about to do the raffle for October, but Michaela won a while back, and we were going to do something different at the meet and greet. It kind of got screwed up. So we just need to square up on that. Even if you win tonight, Michaela, we got to take care of that uh, in the next couple of days. So just find – find. let's do this. Just find a jersey that you want. Let's get you taken care of. I hate that being in the wind because I want to take care of you. You take care of us. All right, Mr. Producer has it uh, all queued up. Before we do the raffle itself, let's go ahead and – See how the month finished out. Uh, nine days in. Apologies, guys. I did miss five days. I mean, three nights on the microphone, but I've been gone a minute, which is why we're doing this on the ninth. But let's let's take a look back at the supporters uh, from the month of October. Number one, it was Ethan in the gold tier. As you can see, Scott uh, has put together some uh, medals to correspond with where guys and gals finish the superstars on the rankings. So in the gold tier, it's number one DWI guys. That is Ethan and then the Duchess, Michaela Parker, at two in the rankings, the way it finished for October. Troy in the silver tier at number three. Love it, dude. Thank you, buddy. F.A. at number four, also silver. And Naj, the ball of energy and total shot of life at number five in the silver uh, club as well. And then we get, because it's top ten, Chris Hernandez at six. Love you, big dog. Gary Leeds Palmer, the GLP, the swashbuckler himself at seven. David McElrath, the Papa Bear at eight. Zeus at nine. Love it. And uh, Mike Edel at 10. So that rounds out the uh, bottom five of the top 10, but still in the, the metal tier. So as you guys know, the way we do this in the uh, drawing, it's a true raffle. It's a, it's a lottery. It's weighted. Okay. Uh, more tickets, so to speak, in the hat for the guy that finishes number one than the number 10, and we're going to do it in reverse descending order, all right? So the 10th runner-up, that's how it's going to work until we get to number one. You know this. You've been with us a while. You know how it works. Scott's going to rock it right now, starting with, let's see who's officially out of the drawing first, Mike Edel. Bro, better luck next time. Thank you for the support. You know we love you, big dog. Uh, we'll blow it up a little bit better. Yeah, it's The ninth runner-up, I guess, is that how you would say Zeus McPeak, Stu, seriously, man, we owe you so much. The culture that has been created here at MHH and just the whole thing, you are the first face. Love you, big dog. Chris Hernandez, my brother in Broncos and punk rock. Love it, dude. Thank you for the support. Eighth runner-up. Seventh runner-up, Ethan, the number one guy bounced in this random order already. Ethan, we love you. We got to get you something. You are always so kind and uh, you defer often your winnings to others so uh papa bear is out he's the sixth runner up david McElrath, 
The fifth runner-up is the shot of life himself, Naj Altaf. Love you, Naj. Uh, pick four, the Duchess, Michaela Parker. Okay, she's the fourth runner. Up, oh, she's out, but we still got to square up, Michaela. Uh, Troy is the third runner-up. All right. Okay, love you, Troy. You the man. F.A. at two. And so who wins again? The Swashbuckler. Is Gary in the chat? Have you seen him in the chat? I know two in a row. Here's what's ironic about this. It's not ironic in any kind of negative way. It's to the way the cookie crumbled. Gary won the jersey last month. He had his eye on a orange Peyton Manning size large jersey. None of the official suppliers, the the you know team store, none of that have it in his size. So we've been waiting for it to be in stock, waiting for it to be in stock. I was just corresponding with him today saying, hey, it's still not in stock. You want to pick something else? Now, Gary, you've got two jerseys to decide on. Zach, that's how the cookie crumbled. Gary, two two months in a row wins the jersey. I, to me, it's very well-deserved, and you guys saw it play out, generated uh, in front of you in real time. Uh, Gary, congratulations again. Let us know what jersey you want this time, and uh, we'll be sure to ship it out to you. But seriously, each and every one of you, I mean, even if you gave – a singular 99 cent super chat in the month of October. That means the world to us helps us keep the lights on and allows us to keep doing this night in and night out. So thanks to all of you who contributed last month. And if you are on the top 10 of the super chat superstar list, much love and respect. Thank you. Gary says, Hey guys, all we can do is hope the team that played the chiefs is the same one on Monday. Go Broncos. Indeed. Gary, congrats again, dude. You've got some good luck. All right, this is this is dope. But yes, Zach, that's what we're waiting to see. You know, was it a flash in the pan? Was that their Super Bowl, right? Was that Chiefs win their Super Bowl? They used up all their juju, all their positive energy, everything. Or is this a, a, a model now that is actually built to last? I'm more inclined to lean toward there's some there there. And I think Sean McDermott's words about Sean Payton, uh, Von Miller's compliments of, of the Broncos, kind of being back in some winning ways, which might be a little premature to say, but I like the 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 direction this thing is heading. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If they want to pull off the upset, the only way they're going to win is if they show up like they did against Kansas City. If, to your point, Gary, if, if they show up any less than that, it's going to be closer to week three against Miami, the end result, and not week eight against Kansas City. So we'll see. This is the make or break game. This is the pressure point of the 2023 campaign for Denver. We'll see what happens Monday night. Zeus, again, jumping in with a very generous super, Thank chat, you, uh, super chat. This is why he is Zeus. To congratulate Gary. Way to go, Gary. Yeah, it's really a bummer, too, that uh, Gary wasn't able to actually fully make it to the meet and greet. He made it to Denver, but for reasons I'm not going to share unless he wants to, uh, he had to head home. So he actually wasn't there for the celebration for Sunday. Uh, and I know a lot of people missed you and were asking about you. 
So very much a bummer, but love you, Gary. Thank you. And, and Stu, thank you, big dog. Um, but Zach, <clears throat> if you look at, we'll get into this here maybe in a minute, some head to head, but the Broncos defense from a scoring perspective, you know, you remove that 70 point 70 burger from week three in Miami from a, a scoring perspective, they've mostly managed to keep the lid on things and the way things have been trending the last three weeks, even more so. Meanwhile, the offense of the Bills, from a points, from a scoring, they are top five. This is an offense, Zach, that's averaging 26.7 points per game. But the Broncos put the, the brakes on the Chiefs in week uh, six and week eight. Why couldn't you do it to the Bills? I mean, the Bills have struggled traditionally to to you know come out on top against the Chiefs. Um, so I don't know. I feel good about it. I still have a positive feeling. It. I'm not going to lie, Zach, it was more of a shot in the dark and just kind of a swing for the fences pick. But I was one of two guys on staff in the roundtable that picked the Broncos to beat the Chiefs in week eight. And again, I don't want to take a bunch of credit for it because it was me just kind of going, you know what, I kind of have a positive feeling I'm going to pick the Broncos. I'm probably going to be laughed at and it worked out well. I still have that positive feeling, Zach. That's the only reason I'm getting back into that is I still have this positive juju. So I don't know. Anything could happen. I'm not too worried about Cook and the and the Buffalo running attack. They have Latavius Murray, former Bronco as well. So that tells you all you need to know if he's the RB2. It's the passing game and getting to Josh Allen. It's you have to put consistent pressure on Allen, make him uncomfortable, don't lose contain either. He can run for sure, and when he has the ball in the pocket, you have to cover down the field, Chad. I'm not even talking about Stephon Diggs. I'm very confident that PS2 will keep Diggs in check, but again, it's Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. It's Khalil Shakir. It's uh, Kincaid. Titans have notoriously killed the Broncos, except for in week eight, Travis Kelsey. But if they go back to their previous ways, even a little bit, if they regress even 5% from week eight, again, it's going to be closer to 70, 70, 20, whatever that final score was than what we saw in week eight. Guys, we, uh, we have a little surprise for you that's coming up here. Scott, I don't know how ready we are for this. Stall, we're good? Okay. Uh, so we want to do another jersey giveaway. All right, we're going to do another raffle. Now, Gary's going to be removed from this because Gary just won. In fact, he's won now two weeks or two months in a row. But specifically for the month of October, he won. We're going to do another drawing to represent all the great support that the morning show gets Broncos for breakfast. So Casey nickel has been bumped into the top 10 because he was at 11. Gary's out on this drawing. We're going to do another one. And whoever wins this one, it's a big thank you to the Broncos for breakfast dudes. All right. They're doing this themselves out of their own pocket because you guys support them and MHH out of your own pocket. So, you know, the, you know, the drill, let's rock it. Let's go. Let's go. Scott reverse order generate. Here we go. First one out on this second drawing is Casey Nickel, man. All right. It's all right. Uh, Casey, we love you. Uh, pick nine. Chris is out. Okay. Okay. Uh, pick eight. The eighth runner up. Naj top out. Okay. Got it. Seventh. Zeus out. Zeus was seven last time, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> Six out. Here we go. Sixth runner up is F.A. All right. Fifth runner up is Troy. All right. Fourth runner up. Mike Edel, who was the first one out on the last one. Okay. Papa Bear. Okay. Third runner up. Here we go. Who won this one? We're going to oh, all the Dutchess. Second, the first runner up. Okay. So who wins? Who wins? Ethan wins. 
And that is fitting, actually, because yeah. wouldn't you say, Scott, that he's probably the biggest super chat superstar for the morning show, like consistently throwing down support to keep you and Nick rolling? So Ethan is a winner, 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 chicken dinner. Ethan, let us know what jersey you want. We love you. We appreciate you. Two jersey giveaways tonight. And then we'll uh, we'll let you guys know on Sunday. Uh, actually, I might have this information already. Facebook. Put a pin in that because we also have a jersey to give away for Facebook. But All right. Back to conversation, guys. Um, we have here also Sam Bam again throwing down. How does the raffle work again? Mostly monthly contributions for the month. Then the drawing is that. It, so it's a cumulative thing, right? We take the every single donation this is something we keep tabs on for this purpose okay it's a cumulative thing the people who donated the the most to the channel in the month of of october they get ranked in order of how much they donated there's number one all the way to top 10 so we take the top 10 finishers on super chat in that month and then as you just saw their names go in the digital hat but it's weighted so in other words whoever finishes number one they have better odds of winning a jersey than the person that finished number 10, although number 10 still has a fighting chance. They've got tickets in the hat. So that's how it works. Hopefully that makes sense, big dog. Appreciate you, Sam Bam. And uh, Zeus jumping in with more congratulations <clears throat> via Super Chat to uh, congratulate Ethan across the pond. Uh, he's probably catching some shut-eye at this very moment, but Scott will be sure to inform him, no doubt. Gary's thanks uh, with a Super Chat to say thanks, everyone. I'm grateful and a little embarrassed. Many fans are more generous than I. Hey, no, no, no. It's it's raffle. Don't be embarrassed. Uh, but we do have to get your jersey stuff figured out, like the whole Peyton Manning thing. My advice is let's just go with a different color. Maybe you already have a Manning color, but or let's just go with a different jersey for September so we can get you squared away. Sam Bam, okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Good. So, yeah, it's a cumulative rating. There you go. Um, appreciate you guys. Rick Callister jumping in. Thank you, buddy. He says, the Bills aren't pay, uh, playing great ball right now. I believe the Broncos can win, and I wouldn't consider it that big of an upset right now. Uh, the odds makers sure would. I, last I looked, it was a seven-and-a-half-point spread for the Bills. Um, but that's because no one buys what's happened yet with the Broncos, for good reason. you got seven years of the world of sucks, Zach, followed by an historically – horrendous defensive start to the season. And even though Russell Wilson's numbers are vastly better than they were last year, you're just not seeing up until recently, the consistency that makes anybody sit up in their chair and kind of take the whole, you know, enchilada seriously. You beat the bills, that whole equation, though, Zach changes drastically. You beat the chiefs and the bills in back-to-back -back games. All of a sudden, everybody's giving you props and paying attention. And now, you have the NFL's undivided. I wouldn't say it'd be the upset of the century, but it certainly would qualify as a big upset because like you mentioned, Chad, even the odds makers have the Broncos as more than touchdown dogs to a five and four team. So yeah, we're all anticipating this being, like I said, the make or break of the Broncos season. It's, they come out, they win this game. We're talking potential wildcard playoffs. They lose this game three and six, Go back to talking about Drake May and Caleb Williams. Unfortunately. Time will tell. We're going to find out. As Gary Kubiak would say, we're fixing to find out. Um, all right, let's grab let's grab a couple more comments, and then we'll do uh, we'll do the head-to-head -head and, and really examine where these two teams, how they compare going into this week 10. 
uh, matchup. I see one here from Papacholo. What's going on? I don't know if this has been asked, but when are we going to get some tight end help? Um, I don't think you're going to get any tight end help this season. What you have is what you got. But, Zach, there are, there are some developments on the tight end front that we learned today. Uh, you should break that down relative to Greg Dulcich because the, the guy who could ostensibly anyway provide the most help the soonest for the Broncos is the guy they drafted in the third round last year who the coaches, two coaching staffs now in a row, absolutely love Greg Dulcich. But he got put back on injured reserve because of that hamstring. What was it that Sean Payton said today? We have it queued up right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, he, yeah, I mean, and there's a there's a process. Um, shoot, I know he's he's one of those guys that, man, is working his tail off. We've He's seen specialists. Um, you know, you look closely at – you also look closely at other things when it – you know, the gait, you know, how much weight should it be at. He's a little heavier than, you know, in college like most players. You know, so all of that stuff we're working on. But um, but he is obviously making progress. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean we're we're gonna. Yeah, he. I, I think we'll we'll see him this year. Yeah, good question. Okay, so there's there could be Zach help on the way in the this year in the form of Greg Dulcich returning to the fold. Uh, you mentioned who the coaches love. They also Sean Payton anyway loves him some Adam Troutman, and I don't necessarily understand why. It's one of his boys. I mean, they traded Albert O away to give Chris Manhurts and Adam Troutman more playing time. So I don't think you're going to get too much outside help from that position. I think it's going to be status quo until Dulcich does come back. That was a tongue twister. But you have to wonder, two hamstring injuries, which is tough for any pass catcher, how effective will he be in the short term? And in the long term, with so many issues already piling up in, in a short time, you got to ask yourself, as tantalizing as he looks – on paper and in some games, could he be the long-term tight end one? I don't know what it is about Troutman, but you're right. They love him. Peyton loves him. And he's a solid, like, versatile tight end, but he just brings zero to the passing offense. Miguel, what's going on, big dog, on Facebook? So good to see you. Migs88, as he goes by on X or Twitter. Says, what's up, fellas? I have the same feeling Chad has, but I'm still nervous until, like Nick says, show the consistent data. Yeah, Nick is a data guy. You know, that's that's the way he is. And oftentimes when you live by the numbers, uh, you know, you can't really blow smoke up anyone's skirt, so to speak. And it comes out in the wash as being perceived as being negative. I like to view it, Zach, as pragmatism, and that's really how Nick sees it in He's not wrong in terms of what the numbers are saying or what he's telling you guys. We got to see one more authoritative performance, and then you got millions of believers in the 2023 Broncos, Zach. Here's the thing, though. I mean, sometimes the numbers and the data can indicate what people would take away as a moral victory in a loss, and I'm not looking for that. I don't care how impressive they might look against Buffalo if they lose the game. They have to realize their season is on the line. If they want to make an improbable Cinderella-like run toward the postseason, you got to do some uncomfortable, difficult things. And number one on that list was slaying Mahomes. Okay, check that off. Number two is your next opponent, Buffalo, slaying Josh Allen. If you check that off, then the data won't matter, Chad, because the Broncos would be riding a three-game winning streak and would be one of the hottest teams in the NFL at just the right time. 
I'm a little bit, uh, you know, when you when you think about history, recent history, like it's been a while since the Broncos did anything positive in that stadium. But it had been a while, Zach, since the Broncos had beat the Chiefs. Like there's just a different juice and energy that this team has. Colby, the Triple C, here's his keys here. He says, run the ball, contain digs, no mistakes, and we have a chance. You know, there was only one true mistake i mean obviously in the in a game of football where 11 guys are working in concert on a given play there are there are micro mistakes that we don't always recognize or notice but the one big mistake zach was the lost fumble uh russell wilson had just so against the chiefs just so happens though that the defense and special teams you know they offset that with a plus four finish in the turnover differential they took the ball away five times so you got to walk that razor's edge. I agree 100% with that in terms of playing smart. You know, don't turn the ball over and see what you can do to to take it away from the Bills, who, for what it's worth, as an offense, they've only lost five. Let's see, they've lost five fumbles and been picked off nine times. So that's, let's see, Broncos, 12 total turnovers. They've turned the ball over twice time, twice times. Twice more than the Broncos. There's a fine line, though. You're right. They have to play smart. Uh, but there's a fine line between playing smart and playing scared, playing not to lose. And they can't go into Buffalo with that mentality, you know, not taking any shots down the field. Sean Payton on Monday coming out of the bye talked about getting the ball more toward uh, to Marvin Mims and Jerry Judy. I mean, Cortland Sutton already has six touchdowns. You have to get the other receivers involved. You have to open up the playbook, and you have to show the Buffalo front, which is very impressive, that they're not going to be one-dimensional. They're not going to just lean on Javante and Pirine and McLaughlin. You have to take shots down the field, especially, Chad, if they get behind early. Most definitely. Most definitely. And especially with what Sean Payton had to say, uh, was it Monday? I think it was Monday's presser, Zach about how hard we're working to get Marvin Mims kind of back involved in this thing. You combine that with Cortland Sutton's kind of the momentum he has as a vertical playmaker once again, and it could portend well for the Broncos vertically, you know, especially when it comes to you keep running that ball, you're going to have those opportunities as long as you can capitalize. All right, guys, we are at, uh, we're approaching the, we're at 35 minutes. We got a little time left. Any burning topics questions get it in the chat we'll do our best to get it before we dip on out but let's take a look at the head-to-head okay uh you guys know the drill green signifies the top 10 ranking red is bottom 10 and if it's black well it's right in the middle broncos are three and five bills five and four so think about that the bills have only one loss that is what separates these guys really um obviously the the buy notwithstanding but turnover margin, they're both at zero. Very interesting to be at zero uh, and tied this deep into the season. Time of possession, though, the Broncos have been chipping away at this the last few weeks, um, but they were playing catch-up so much early in this season that this is another one of those statistical uh, areas that got outsized. 27th, Bills, 13th. They do a good job of staying on the field. They convert. Uh, but let's take a look here at the offense. As you can see, the Bills have multiple top 10 rankings, and specifically everything you see in green is actually a top five ranking. So they're the fifth offense in yards per game. They are fifth in passing. 
They are fifth in scoring and they're third in yards per play. You get down to sacks. There have only been 13 this season, which is second, and they are number one on third down. This is the number one third down offense in the NFL. Meanwhile, though, rushing, you know, they're middle of the pack, 108 yards per game. Uh, we already mentioned the turnovers. Uh, red zone, they're second. So I don't know why this isn't also in green. A uh, little little flub up from the PR department. but uh, So, Zach, this is the first-ranked third-down offense, second-ranked red zone offense. And then last thing, I'm going to just take a quick look. Here's where your Broncos offense, they have made improvements from the beginning of this season, the first quarter. Uh, they're 22nd in yards, scoring. They're 16th, averaging 21.5. Uh, interceptions. Russ has been quite stingy with the ball. If we could just cut out the fumbles, he'd be uh, he'd have it made in the shade, so to speak. Uh, but I just want to draw your attention to these bottom three stats here, Zach. Broncos have allowed 26 sacks. All right. Last year, Russ was sacked 55 times. He's on pace for that in a 17 game season. That's not cool. You got to get this figured out. And Russ is a big reason for all the sacks. Third down, Broncos are exactly 15th, uh, and red zone, they're 16th. So these are vast. I know, it's, especially, Zach, in comparison to a, a Bills team that has so much green, it looks a little like ski wampus, but these are vast improvements for the Broncos in you know the last few years, third down or red zone specifically. But your observations. You said what I was going to say. I mean, you covered everything pretty well. The discrepancy in sacks is uh, pretty staggering. They don't allow Josh Allen to get touched that often, but the third down percentage tied for first 50, half of the time they're on third down, they're converting. That is obscene. So for the Broncos to bring that number down, you have to keep Buffalo in third and long, not third and manageable. It can't be third and one, third and two constantly. You have to shut them down on first and second down and force them into third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, and so on. That's how you have a chance to win on defense. I mean, look at this. If they can parlay the momentum they have on the ground into week 10 on the road, and it won't be easy. This is a stiff defense. We're going to get to that. Um, this, this could be a top 10 ranking for the Broncos, <clears throat> pardon me, this time next week, uh, time will tell, but let's take a look at these two defenses again, you know, all this 32nd, 32nd, I mean, I don't know how long it would take for a, to overcome that first quarter of the season. Like even if you, from then on out week five on, you were the number one defense in every single statistical category. It would take a while to chip away at these 32nd rankings just because of how, it, it was lay down football. In week three in Miami, it was just like absolutely brutal, over 500 yards of offense and the points. Um, but let's take a look here, Zach, at the Bills defensively. <clears throat> Pardon me. They are the fifth-ranked defense in scoring, relinquishing uh, relinquishing 17.8 points per game. Uh, they are eighth in interceptions, sixth in fumble recovery, so they're doing a great job taking the ball away, <clears throat> ranked sixth total in takeaways. Uh, sacks, they're 29th. And then look at this. Uh, third down, it appears, Zach, is where this Bills defense can be got, but they're quite stiff in the red zone. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, again, I mean, they, te they tend to uh, credit to the, the Bills coaching staff. They stiffen up. They're not as impressive on its face. The numbers, Chad, I mean, for the Bills, 17th, 26th, that 23rd on third down percentage, they're not this – Ravens 2000 defense that many Broncos fans make them out to be. They're definitely exploitable. And that's, I look at red zone percentage. 
They're 44.8, 7th in the NFL. That's why I say you're not going to beat, just like Kansas City, you're not going to beat them with field goals. The Broncos' defense, I don't care what corner they turned, they're not that good. So if you want a chance in this game, you got to lower that number for Buffalo and put up 6, not 3. Well said. And that was something that the Broncos did well last week in that win. You know, they they made sure they capitalized more often than not in the red zone with 6 and it paid off uh, big time. So the Broncos' defense, though, they have been steadily rising uh, as a third-down unit and as a red zone unit. They're just outside the top 10 in the red zone. So that's good to see. Uh, special teams, look at this. <clears throat> you still have a terrible punter, newsflash. Uh, but everything else is in tip-top shape. You take away that one missed field goal in week one for Will Lutz and you know, you're probably not in the black. You're probably in the green relative to, you know, what the green and the black and the red means for for head-to-head. Uh, -head. But look at this. I mean, punt return average, number one in the NFL. Love that. Kickoff return average, number one, Zach. And the Bills, you know, they they're, they can return it on, on kicks, but nothing really too much to write home on elsewhere. And they, too, are struggling with uh, lackluster punting. And then last thing, penalties. The Broncos, they're they are moving up in the world, right? They've played a much more disciplined brand of football of late. They're no longer the most penalized team in the NFL, uh, which is good to see. And uh, their opponents, though, still committing a lot, a lot. Third most penalties committed by opponents, and the Bills are up there too. So both these teams, Zach, are doing well to kind of bait their opponents uh, into uh, discipline lapses. Well, for, that's staggering to me. 60 penalties by the Bills. You think the numbers yeah. would be reversed. Usually the Broncos are on the upper ends. So that's what I'm talking about with, with this 2023 Bills outfit. They're not so far as threatening or impressive as years past. They are definitely fallible. And, you know, pop quiz hotshot. We talk about the Broncos having the best return game in the NFL. What is the common denominator for that? Marvin Mims. Please, Sean, get the ball in his hands. Please, please, please sign to Broncos country. And if we have to hear from Sean Payton anymore, how great he is with the ball in his hands. It's like, we know that. That's why you're being asked about him. Deaf ears. Get him the freaking ball. Uh, real quick, just while we're here, I just want to take a look. at. I mean, look at this. Gross on punting. I mean, Riley Dixon, you're supposed to exploit the fact that you're in the thin air a mile high. He's doing the exact opposite. Um but I want to get up here. So defense. Well, yeah, go. They have Sam Martin, former Broncos punter. Real quick, let's see how he's doing. He's uh, not so hot either, but definitely better in his gross. Right. Uh, their coverage units, though, he's worse in his net. For what it's worth, he's two yards. Well, I guess barely over one yard worse in his net, but uh, more than two yards in his better in his gross. So, yeah, you wonder about that. That's a good point. It's a mid-off between two former, <laughs> one current Broncos punter, one former. Martin also has less punts, and he, he's punting into Buffalo air most of the time. I'm no meteorologist, but I don't think that's as friendly as punting in mile high. So definitely, it's like right tackle for Denver, Chad. They just cannot find a stable punter. I forgot that Lutz has that other miss technically on the block kick. Uh, so he's 13 of 15 for the season. Uh, but just real quick, I mean, look at this. Singleton still having himself a season on the in the box score, man. 71 tackles already. But look at this. Bernard has 80 already. Insane. Um, <clears throat> Floyd has uh, seven sacks for the Bills. 
Benito still leads the Broncos with five and a half, but keep an eye on Browning, man. He had two sacks and a forced fumble last week uh, or the week prior against the Chiefs. And then just real quick on uh, receiving yards, you know, this is something that has to change for the Broncos. Like, I get it. You want to be a, a productive, consistent, dominant rushing attack. That's great. But, like, if you think back, Zach, to the great Mike Shanahan rushing offenses and just Bronco offenses of the Shanahan era, you always had prolific rushing numbers and phenomenal individual statistics from those backs. But it was complemented also with receivers putting up volume. Not, not a lot of catches, not like the – you know, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders era with with Peyton Manning where they're clocking 90 to 110 receptions per season, but big yardage, big yardage because they make the most of the play action. And that's something that I'm still waiting for Sean Payton and this Broncos offense to fully capitalize on is you're lulling them with the run game. You're getting the defense to load the box. Now you got to also make them pay for that. But look who's number three on the Broncos rushing list. It's not Samaj AP, Ryan. It's Russell Wilson at 201 yard yards. So again, more data. I want to talk about the data proving that Russ is not washed and he's playing more like a top 16 quarterback, maybe even top 12 quarterback than he is a bottom half quarterback. But Javante, 357, that number has to skyrocket after this week if the Broncos want a chance. He has to have a 100-yard game, preferably a couple touchdowns, and that's how you upset Buffalo. For what it's worth, this number here for Marvin Mims, 246 receiving yards, that's basically what it's been since entering week five against the Jets when he had that two-giveaway game. Uh, they just – that. Literally, like 99.9% because he only has one catch since week five. 99% of that production came in the first four games, and then they totally went away from him. He was on pace for a 1,000-yard season. Get it together on that front, Coach Payton. Get it together, big dog. Mike, love you. Appreciate you. The Ronk always showing us the love and helping us keep the conversation going, both in these chats and on social media after the fact. Love that. Uh, I'm just going to take a quick gander here at the uh, at the chat here. Colin uh, wants to know, is Peyton going to keep Mims in the doghouse forever for fumbling? That's what's ironic is he swore up and down that Mims isn't in the doghouse for his fumbles. He's In fact, he also said on that same front, Zach, that if you remember back to that the game in question against the Jets, there was the fumbled muffed punt. And then that botched toss back on the reverse, right, between he and P. Ryan, And Peyton even went so far as to absolve Mims of blame in that exchange with P. Ryan, And yet, totally iced out, like exiled, basically. Um, Broncos have been fortunate to you know, come up with another model for, for skin in the cat, so to speak, with this rushing offense. But now is the time to re-inject this dude into the scheme and use that offense or that speed, Zach, to start taking the, the top off of opponents because I am now kind of reignited in my belief in Cortland Sutton as a 70-30 guy or an 80-20 guy. I mean, he's been really good in that department the last couple of weeks, but he just doesn't have the wheels to really take a top off. Judy does. They don't use him that way. They never have. Even this offensive play caller, I don't understand why. Judy's fast but Mims is faster. 
Peyton should put himself in the doghouse for even calling that reverse for Mims. It, it just it wasn't warranted. He got too cute. And that's kind of what I feel like he's doing with Mims. I understand you want to make a point. He's a disciplinarian type coach, certainly not a player's coach. He's uh tries to be the Bill Parcells school of tough love. And okay, for one week you want to take away Mims and scale him back, fine. But holding him out this long is now hurting your team, hurting your offense. He is your most explosive playmaker. He might be your best overall receiver as a rookie. Stop trying to make a point. Stop trying to prove something. Let him play. Get the ball in his hands. It's not that hard. Well said. Well said, brother. Uh, the Papa Bear, Dixon's time, or Dixon's hang time is outstanding. Talking about the puncher, Riley Dixon. I don't know the exact metrics on that. Um, but it's just even if it's 100% true, and I have no reason to doubt you on that, Papa Bear, it's not coming out in the wash. It's not coming out in the wash. So Dixon has so far been a net downgrade at punter over what the Broncos had in Sam Martin, who himself, Zach, was not very good for this team. They haven't had a good punter since Colquitt, let's be honest. Yep. Yeah, there's Marquette King, Colby Wadman, former pizza delivery boy. And I'm forgetting – who am I forgetting, Chad? Uh, post Colquitt a couple years ago. No, Wadman King Dixon. I'm missing he one. The, he was the huh? I'm missing one. I can't remember who it is. I'm pretty sure I am anyway. He was, you guys can, can think of it. Uh, tell us in the chat. Um, while Zach's googling that, guys, I have a, a message for you on a personal note. As you guys know, I do this crazy punk rock music in my spare time with my best friends from um, from my hometown and uh, our band, Bridge the Gap. Uh, that's what we were doing this past weekend at a festival in, in California. But we are doing that because we just released a new single. And you guys were so supportive when our band put out this album uh, during the, the off season. And uh, I, everyone would be very grateful. You go check out this video, like, comment stream it i'm just going to give you like a 10 second clip of this video but guys go smash it like it comment it helps go viral it's already over a thousand views one week into this single release so we're doing really well with it but it could be even better with your guys support real quick there's a song called revenant bridge the gap check it out All right, so check that out, guys. Uh, we'll put the link in the chat, but uh, did you figure it out? Yeah, right. with a little help from uh, DBA, Corliss Waitman. Ah, yeah, can't forget about oh, him. That's right, that's right. Oh man, these forgettable dudes. How could we have not remembered? I, I mean, Rocco's legends. Um, yeah, Ruin was the legend, though, Todd. Tom Ruin was a legend from days gone past. I loved him, dude. Rugby guy, physical. He'll go freaking make a hit. Uh, yeah, he'll make the tackle, but he'll put the hit on. I, I miss that cap. But 
Guys, we're we're out of time, so we got a couple messages for you, though, and then we're going to dip on out of here. It was another tremendous episode of the MHH Podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on X at the MHH Pod. You can follow us on X, the main account, at Mile High Huddle. So it's so second nature to say Twitter. I hate saying X. But anyway, guys, you can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. I'll just say Twitter. Myself at Kellerman NFL and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some MHH merch, you know where it is, what it is, how to find it. Check out MHHmerch.com and get you some. Also, drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Mile underscore high underscore huddle. And on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please, 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 please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Love it. Love it. I really have missed you guys. Uh, I've missed being able to turn on a microphone and talk about the Broncos and, and share our observations and just shoot the breeze. So um, thank you for being with us tonight. A shout out to these great super chat superstars and supporters, David McElrath tonight, Sam Bam, Zeus, Michaela Israel, the Duchess, Michaela Parker, GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer, Rick Callister. We got the Ronk, Michael Ronquillo, George Fox, Colby C. Collier, Miguel Santistevan. Much love and respect you guys. We'll be back Sunday, not for the gut reaction, because the Broncos don't play Sunday. They play Monday night. So we look forward to seeing you guys then. But don't forget, you've got some uh, Legends of Mile High tomorrow morning with Thomas Hall. you got Dove Valley Deep Divers Friday night, Saturday night, Orange and Blue View. And then we'll see you Sunday evening. Have a great start to your weekend. We'll see you Sunday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.